everyone, what's going on? How's everyone doing? Thank you for clicking on another episode link and checking us out. If you guys like what I'm doing, uh, please share the podcast with a friend who you think might enjoy it or leave a rating on uh, Apple Podcast. Spread the word, man. I'm really excited in the direction in which the podcast is going. I want to keep improving myself, doing better. So if you think there's something I can do better, hit me up. Reach out to me on Instagram at Abra Talks to People and, uh, and, uh, and follow Abra Talks to People on Instagram for more updates. And uh, it's going to be fun, man. I appreciate the fuck out of everyone. Before we get started with the episode, wanted to make a few quick announcements about some shows that I have coming up. A lot of great shows coming up. Really excited for these. Thank you, Comedy Gods, aka people who actually booked me on these shows. I'm going to be at El Charo Hipster, November 14th. I'm going to be doing 20 minutes, so I'm excited about that. Up next, I'll be then at Cobalt Bar with uh, doing Patrick Aiken's show. Patrick Aiken, a good friend. He was on the podcast very recently. So he's an awesome guy. He always puts on great shows. I'm going to be at uh, The Vintage in the Biltmore area on November 21st. Put, uh, the show again put on by my good friend Peter Jordan, who was also on the podcast. And he told a hilarious story about how his dad bought him a hooker. Very funny guy. You should come check him out, if not me. I'm also going to be at uh, Adventurous Stills, which is a distillery in uh, in Tempe. There's going to be a show there run by uh, Andriana Garland. Man, now we're into, into December. There's really good things happening in December. Also, we're in the big leagues now. I'm going to be at House of Comedy December 2nd doing Ashley Rose and Tara Shakespeare's Not So Black and White show. So they chose a brown guy. Uh, to to do a spot on the not so black and white show I don't know that was a very bad joke but anyway I, the, the fun's the show's gonna be fun I'm not gonna suck on stage like I sucked with that last joke look at that low self-esteem come on abroad pick it up and then two shows at JP's comedy club on the I want to say December 4th yeah December 4th 7 p.m and 9 p.m featuring for the hilarious famously hilarious Jill Kimmel who's been featured uh with kevin hart on the heart of the city show i think that was with comedy central so she's she's in the big league she's basically performed stand-up all over the world i really look up to her and and really respect her she's hilarious so i'm excited for that you guys should come check out that show at jp's comedy club in gilbert and there's uh, another show at jp's on the 6th of december which is the same topic challenge where Anthony Solomini straight out of Hong Kong uh, he's uh, he puts a show together where he gives us a topic to perform uh, our set on uh, a week before so we get a week to to prepare so that's a fun show it, they had the first one back in January and I uh, don't want to sound a little too braggy but I won that competition so I'm defending my title here so I would uh, definitely like to see people show up and then support me on that one. A lot of fun shows, man. Uh, you know, just hit me up if you guys have any questions on uh, on how to how to get tickets or whatnot and whatnot. And uh, yeah, hope to see you at the shows. So today's episode is with a local entrepreneur and proprietor of Absinthe Minded, as the name suggests. They make absinthe, some delicious top of the shelf absinthe. So. We sit down on the podcast and talk everything absent and also everything starting a new business. So it was a really fun, nice uh, mixture of those two things. He brought out his product uh, for some sampling and I'll tell you those is really good. The first time I've had absent. Excellent, excellent. Uh, a lot of fun talking to him. Very insightful guy. Ordovich, 
the guy's name um i i've only met him a couple of times but we had a great conversation we spoke about the history of absinthe about how like legendary people like ernest hemingway and van gogh were big connoisseurs of absinthe and there's so much history to it and and absinthe was illegal in the united states up until 2007 like it's like it's saudi arabia there's there was moral policing of a simple simple thing like absinthe so uh, i don't mind this was a lot of fun uh, i think you guys will enjoy it uh, so here is abroad talks to ordovich and we're recording how are you doing hey. mr ordovich yes sir how you doing how that's are a, you i'm doing fantastic man that's a mouthful of a name to say huh <laughs> yeah so i always tell anybody if they're um uh verbally uh challenged they can uh, call me o Oh, <laughs> or they yeah, can like, call me Ordo, but uh, yeah, most of my friends are verbally challenged, so most of my friends call me O. I think that's most people in the world, <laughs> myself <laughs> included. <laughs> yeah, oh, you can you can mispronounce O if if yeah. somebody mispronounces O, like they, you got to institutionalize the guy or something. Right. Yeah, it's also I like to think of it as sort of a it's a uh, it's a proclamation of excitement sometimes, like yeah. oh, uh, oh, or. <laughs> Um, it could be a proclamation of confusion and, uh, you know, like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very so. versatile, versatile name. But uh, I'm really happy that you're here. You got the, got the science lab opened up here. Uh, we got, uh, got uh, you want to you want to kind of walk us through uh, the the paraphernalia here. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll then talk about you know, how we met. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, I'm the co Well, I guess first and foremost, what. What I do, I'm a co-founder of Arizona's first and only absinthe distiller, and we are called Absinthe Minded. Great uh, name. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll tell you how the name came about momentarily as well. And my business partner, we've been best friends for like 18 years. He's unfortunately not able to make it tonight yeah. um, because he's lame and he's got kids. Yeah, and I got two mics. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's better off. You know, I've got a better... Uh, I've, I'm the singer of the band too. So yeah, yeah and that's how we know each other. We were, we were musicians. He played the drums. I played the guitar, accordion, piano, and sing. Nice. So a few years ago, uh, when I got drunk off of my first bottle of homemade wine, I was reading through some of my writings and notes and I saw something that said absent-minded. And mm. I thought, holy shit, man, that would make such a cool name for an absinthe company. Holy fuck. So that's how it started? Like, yeah. it started with the name? <laughs> yeah. Well, it first started with me being drunk off of my first bottle of homemade wine. Right, right. So you've been fucking around with this stuff for a while then, yeah. just uh, making homemade beverages? Yeah. As a raging alcoholic, I'm trying to find ways to cut costs so I can, like, you know, get more bang for the buck. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like meal prep for alcoholics. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> and make it at home. 100%. But, that's awesome, man. I and I do want to like learn about uh, learn about the company, but how we met, and uh, a lot of people complain about you know you shouldn't talk to your Lyft driver, right? <laughs> what annoying! And and I'm obviously in stand up, and there's probably a one million jokes about how people don't want to talk to their Lyft driver. It's very annoying sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But dude, like the joke is annoying to me. Like that joke that joke's been done since seinfeld till now like it's been 40 years since that joke's been done come on right. come up with something new right talk to your fucking live driver <laughs> you'll meet somebody who makes homemade absent that can be on your podcast that's what uh, i'm saying exactly there's a lot of so like i follow a bunch of hip-hop artists on instagram and i'll see them sometimes like 
you know, on the side, like driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a fun way to like, you know, get around town and like meet new of people. Of course. Like I was talking to this other like Lyft driver, uh, actually like a few days after I met you. And he was like, he spoke for 25, 30 minutes about how Saddam Hussein was great. He was from Iraq originally. And that was the most hilarious 25 minutes of my life. <laughs> like he... <laughs> and i was kind of probing him like okay so yeah what's was saddam good like what, what do you think about oh him and God. and i was leading him on but he yeah i loved how he gassed the kurds that was awesome yeah he's like <laughs> if, if you cross him he kill a couple of people that's no problem but he's a very great guy i don't know why i'm russian here but like he's like <laughs> no actually i've got a friend from iraq he's like an iraqi christian he, yeah he like left because he was like uh not they I wanted to he's kill like him. exiled yeah i think they wanted to kill him you know um, but he talks just like that. So he does a pretty yeah, good that's job, pretty man. good. Pretty He's good. Like, from, I'm from old country. Yeah. <laughs> old country, old civilization. This is all new civilization. No good, man. No, no good, good what you're doing. No this good. woman is naked. You need, oh. you need to have control. Saddam yeah. strong control. man. And he I, control everything. Yeah. And like, if you're seeing more than just ankles on a chick, <laughs> that you're taking away too far. Yeah. I think Iraq is a little more chill on that than, than like other countries like so. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> my, uh, my, my dad was, uh, well, still, he's still, still alive, but when he was working, he was a civil engineer and he worked in saudi arabia for like 12 years in jabail and my dad and my mom used to make homemade wine there because alcohol is completely illegal yeah and uh he yeah. actually became friends with uh i'm not gonna say any official like yeah. names but he was let's just say that he was an Mr. official X. in law enforcement yeah. and uh he he invited my dad and my mom or yeah my mom over for uh, for dinner and he opens up the cabinet and lo and behold he's got tons of like booze holy probably fire. confiscated from other like you know from like criminal oh. like criminals or whatever and so my dad would actually supply him with homemade wine he would like knock on my dad's door and be like yo i got people coming over can i get some of your sauce Oh, so God. yeah, so making booze in my family is now becoming like you know an actual like Dude, tradition, right? They were playing the high stakes game, like uh, <laughs> doing yeah. that in Saudi Arabia. Like yeah. that's how you end up on that show. You remember, you know that show like Locked Up Abroad? Oh, that- oh, I thought you were talking about perps or to catch a per- a perpetrator. And no, no, Stupid. like there's a, like one for it's basically the same show but just for abroad oh, and there's like how it's basically americans who get locked up in singapore for carrying like half ounce of weed Damn. and they're on the death row now because they're half ounce of scary, weed dude. yeah dude yeah, that's, that's fucking, playing that's, with fire no that's fucking scary yeah um just so long as you're not in the philippines because that's uh you know you're uh that's a death sentence. If you're oh, yeah. A lot of those countries, a lot of the Middle Eastern countries and Southeast Asian countries, yeah, oh. they'll, they'll kill you. But uh, we are about to do something here yeah, which we would, for which we would be killed exactly. in Saudi Arabia. I was just going to say, like, let's be thankful that we're not there and that we're yeah. here. And I brought some booze. So I got two. So we have two kinds of absinthe. Yeah. We have our absinthe-minded gold, which I think that's what we're going to start off with. Yeah. And then we have our absinthe-minded vert. And just a plug-in, uh, we launched in December of last year, 2019. Oh. Currently, we're in all total wines around Arizona. We just got into AJ's Fine Foods. Um, I, bet, I think about like four or five of them throughout the valley. Um, we're nice. also like Tops Liquor here in Tempe, Liquor Express, uh, The Ostrich, Speakeasy in downtown Chandler. Shout out to uh, my fiance Scarlett, who's one of the uh, main mixologists there. Nice. So, like, we're in a bunch of really cool locations, and it's all on our map on our website, uh, absentmindedaz.com. Fantastic. So that so this is great. I mean, uh, so you got the gold and the verte, like that's uh, that's yeah. the. So our gold is a premium absinthe based off the original formulation of Pontelier, France. Oh, what am I doing here? 
gonna. Yeah, yeah, you you do your. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the pour over here. Yeah, yeah, you do your thing. So uh, he's he's got a goblet straight out of uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll be drinking out of now. Yeah. So this uh, thing right here is called a seesaw dripper. Huh. Uh, what does we, it do? So it uh, it does magic. We should do. Some, some may say it just freaking dripped everywhere, like uh, oh, incontinent. <laughs> um, no, don't don't worry about it. Let's. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> it's more wasted absinthe gold. <laughs> right. All right. So this thing right here used to be made back in the day. It's uh, they call it a seesaw Holy dripper. Shit. And uh, a bra here, a bra, right? Yeah, a bra. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I suck. I suck. I, with a name like Ordovich, I should be able to pronounce anyone else's no, no, name. No, 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 um, Dude, that's so, some. That's like a science experiment, right? It there. is. Yeah, it's like you're, you know, preparing some form of like uh, I don't know, like it's like crack slash meth <laughs> on steroids. Yeah, it's like liquefied. <laughs> I mean, crack's already liquefied, right? That isn't that. An, I don't know. I don't know about crack. I'm not Hunter Biden. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man knows how to party. Let's give him that at least, you know. Dude, I think like crack, if you're, if you're partying on crack, like you should be on the brink of bankruptcy. That's when you party on crack. Homeboy is making $85,000 a month with Burisma. And then, of course, if he's making that much a month, if you're making $85,000 a month, don't you think you're going to be hiring hookers and smoking crack? I'm pretty I mean, sure most of us I would think would. like, what, what would your uh, drug of choice be if you were making $85,000 a year? probably don't want to talk about that because i've got several drugs of choice <laughs> yeah because i've always associated like crack with with poverty and and, and oh no 100 no crack is definitely not one of my drugs of choice um but yeah he's uh he's he's maybe trying to be a little hipster with his uh choice of drug. <laughs> i mean i'm down i love psychedelics a lot um and i want to i don't want to say anything that's going to be uh incriminating incriminating but uh, let's say that um when i party i party hard oh god you use your sultry voice too that's, that's <laughs> awesome dude but okay so just trying to explain this to people and you know, verbally i don't know how i can do that too yeah, is cool. you got like a hookah chillum almost like on on top which is like a little bit of a filter and and you got ice in it and nice. then you're pouring water through it and there's a little seesaw uh on the neck of the thing and that's uh you know dribbling water into the goblet so what oh that's some asmr action right there so yeah that's the drip <laughs> so it tiktoks back and forth it's called a seesaw dripper and then it tiktoks so what's the point of that okay so here's the whole uh the reason why we do this uh tradition of like traditional serving absinthe like the, the way we do it here with a sugar spoon uh, ice cold water uh the main reason is because absinthe when it's done like traditionally, it's very strong. So this one right here, there's our absinthe-minded gold, is 70% ABV, 140 oh. proof. So you don't really want to drink it straight. So like uh, to to compare it, like a like a Jameson's whiskey, like or something it's, that's like 40 proof. Yeah, like 40, no, 80 proof, 40%. That's generally like how far. Like whiskeys are generally around that range. They can be wow. up to like you know 47 sometimes. Like uh, Maker's Mark is uh, bourbon that right. 45%. Huh. So anyways, ours is like way stronger. So if you want to get fucked up, you know, like drink, drink a few of these and you'll be feeling great. But or, why the seesaw though? That's what I'm like perplexed uh, Novelty, man. Oh, it just okay. looks cool. You know, so like if you look at old absinthe paraphernalia, they got these beautiful ornate fountains with like, you know, little sexy like fairy girls at the bottom holding them up. Mm. Or they got, you know, like these TikTok drippers. Nice. I brought a brulee. Nice. Which is, uh, uh, this is actually what we like now because it's so much simpler. Or... Mm. You got the slipstream, which is made by our friend locally here in Arizona, the Absinthe Bong, 
but it's the officially the slipstream. Mm. So shout out to Dimitri out there. So this is all Arizona born and raised uh, or born and bred. Like yeah, this the, is this is not these. These are, <laughs> these like, are Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's a Chinese kid, seven year old that made that. <laughs> yeah, definitely a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is local, but that's awesome, dude. This is like some. This right. is definitely cool stuff. So you drink one, I'll drink the next one, and then we can share yeah. one if you want. But uh, I mean, yeah, we can, we can share one. You want to share that because yeah. I know I know you got to drive, and I I, I don't want to condone bad behavior. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. I can I can take a lift. Oh, no, nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you want the whole thing? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, do you have that? I'll make this next one for myself. Okay, I mean let's let's do it to, uh, together then. Okay, we'll drink cool. Together. All right, perfect. you do your thing, but this this is awesome, dude. So like in terms of the history of absinthe. Oh yeah. Like, where does it come from? So, like, I know like people have been brewing some sort of an alcohol like a mead a wine a beer for thousand um, i don't know if it's thousands of well, years ever since yeah. like ever since uh agricultural societies and people started staying together in right. in groups and settling down in one location i'm sure they've they've you know, stumbled into the uh, the miracle of fermentation and that's what people do yeah so absinthe um unlike a lot of just you know traditional alcohols like meads which like you said have been around for thousands of years wine same thing thousands of years um distilled spirits are relatively new i don't know exactly when they were first created but i think it was like around the 1600s or something oh, like that so it's like it's there's a new world stuff like well, yeah distilled it's you take a distilled you take uh like whatever it is like beer or wine the and you exactly the yeah. hooch you throw it into a pot still you distill it out and you're capturing like you know uh, the concentrated alcohol yeah it's like a it's like a wax you know the, the it's basically a concentrate <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah exactly it's pretty cool man yeah. shit like so uh, absinthe was created in 1792 by um dr pierre ordinaire who was a french physician practicing out of switzerland hmm. and uh, he created absinthe as a cure-all elixir um so a lot of the botanicals that are used are actually ah. like used in traditional medicine so they've got a lot of essential oils and stuff like that yeah. that are medicinal exactly right, so what do we use in this yeah so fennel seed anise seed and grand wormwood are like the holy trinity hmm. grand wormwood has been used to treat even things like intestinal parasites ah. um fennel seed anise seed have been used to teach uh to treat like gastritis um problems with like di- indigestion um lemon balm and hyssop i don't really know what those have been used for but they just kind of impart i mean I'm, sh- I'm sure they're like i don't think they're bad for you or anything no, but uh, how do you how do you like how so this fucking doctor guy french guy first like and i hate the french okay let's just profess it <laughs> with that i have an irrational hate towards the french because i don't know like this one lady this one french lady and this is back in india like in goa you know of goa oh, you yeah, yeah. know we went to a french restaurant on by the beach in goa and that lady was a bitch to me so i'm, <laughs> I'm harboring a hatred towards the entire nation she, of france <laughs> she was like the representative liaison for all french sentiments that, and yeah, behavior <laughs> that's what i'm doing and like in 2020 i'm allowed to do that you know like yeah if, if some other guy you know hank azaria you know he harbors a lot of hatred towards indian people because some guy at a gas station was bad you know was cross towards him and that's it's how, only fair yeah so it's only fair so that happened for 20 30 years yeah. or a few hundred years. Rather. It's very, it's very healthy. Holding, holding on to uh, grudges, <laughs> it's, it's good for you. No, yeah, like uh, j- joking, <laughs> joking aside, I don't know. It's something off about the French, man. Yeah, they, they just like, they just like fine things, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I live. I, I'm <laughs> like fucking creamy foods. They like croissants. Croissant. <laughs> and uh, see, um, 
and it's this, not the food i think the food is really good it's just the the aura around them it's just their their entire lot. existence that i hate yeah i can i can you know i'm a, i'm a little i'm getting a little concerned here so let's get you a little liquored up so you can okay. uh, start professing some more uh, potentially genocidal sent <laughs> dude <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's take a sip of this. Do All you right. do like a wine sort of a thing? No, you can. So take a sniff. Holy and shit, dude! You know this strong fennel. I I see yep. the fennel coming yep. through. Fennel and these it's, it's very prominent. Holy shit! That is extremely refreshing. Yeah. Holy shit! It can't. It's very refreshing, especially I really like. Okay. This may be sacrilegious for some, but I throw a couple ice cubes in there. Do it. Because it's just like... Make it nice, nice and yeah. chill. Make it even more chill. You know what? I take it back. I take back all the bad things I said about the <laughs> French. They've redeemed themselves. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Pierre Ordinaire, you're the one, man. Yeah, he's... he's Rest in peace, homie. Yeah, the, the bitch working illegally in India, that French <laughs> bitch. Like she... <laughs> Dr. Oh, Ord- no. What's his name? Dr. Dr. P- Ordinaire, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's, re- he's redeemed all the French for now. For now. Um, yeah so prominent flavors anise seed fennel seed those are what come forward very much oh yeah and by the way we didn't talk about this remember when i served it it was clear yeah when you add the water it's like mountain dew now yeah it undergoes exactly (laughs) uh it's been called worse things you know by by my yeah anyways (laughs) um it's been called dog piss or something (laughs) well if you do an absinthe blanche it looks strikingly like semen what the it's consistency just, it's though white well i don't know mm. i mean in terms of like the and most of the flavor profile <laughs> i'm just kidding no but it looks like it's just got that white kind of weird like opaque yeah but um yeah so this is an absinthe uh vert uh despite the name gold vert we just do that as distinction between the two like categories okay but it's a absinthe vert uh, first and foremost and so it, it looks like this kind of like opaque hazy milky green color oh yeah dude this is um, delicious yeah so they call that the luching effect mm-hmm. where it goes from clear green to like a opaque color um and they it's scientifically called uh, spontaneous emulsification aka the ouzo effect because ouzo does the same thing hmm. what's um, ouzo ouzo is like sambuca like pastis like art um is it it's like all all these different European countries have like a different anise-based spirit. Mm. And that's what the anise does. The anise mm. has the essential oils that are locked in solution when in alcohol. And when it added, uh, when ice cold water is added to that, um, it brings all those essential oils out of solution and it starts capturing light. Oh, and so that's wow. what you, that's the effect that's, that you see. That is pretty cool. So like, this is good, man. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, thanks, man. Thanks for being here. This is, this is awesome. How do you uh, say cheers in India? You say cheers. <laughs> Dude, cheers. Nah, 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 you don't say anything. You fucking, you get fucked up on the sidewalk. That's what you do. You just uh, pass out, like fuck everything. <laughs> yeah, man. Like the, this is really good. You know, again with the fennel, fennel in India, they use it in cooking sometimes. But it's a, it's a, what they, they, what they call it as a, it's like an equivalent of mint. Like you did a. Mm-hmm. See, you go to a Thai restaurant, they give you like a little mint, right? At the end, yes. Yeah, at the yes. end. So if you go to an Indian restaurant, they have a bowl of yep. fennel, straight up fennel. You just pick it and throw it in your mouth. Yeah, you throw like a little, of, you know, just a little bit in your mouth and that's like a mouth freshener. That's like, that's why, and maybe it's, because I'm accustomed to that, that's why it feels extra refreshing. You're right. And it's, it does have that effect. It's kind of, it's almost like a minty effect, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. So you say like, there's, they make these 
spiced uh, spirits in in Europe, and that started somewhere in the sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred, and yeah, it was more, yeah, more to like act as some sort of a medicine, right, right, mm, right, like something like even a Jägermeister. Even that's like a digestive, right? It it's is, like, yeah, yeah. There are digestives and there's apertives. So like uh, absinthe is considered an apertif. Um, you drink it usually before a meal. Nice. Yeah, and it goes really well with like oysters um, and pizza. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it's really good. Like it's, I think pairing. Oh shit! You know what? I had absinthe with chocolate the other day. That was an awesome pairing. Really? Yeah, it was. Did you just like spot fucking on. high out of your mind? You just tried to decide it, or was it? Did it come from an academic? No, this came from just me being drunk and thinking that would be a good idea to eat chocolate. <laughs> it's like the drunk munchies. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I've never like so. Yeah, when you drink, it's it's weird to like have anything desserty or sweet. And I guess uh, an exception would be wine. Like you have a cheese platter, a charcuterie right. board with like right. I don't know they throw fucking some grapes in there. So I see right. that. Well, do the they thing, bourbon bourbons and whiskeys combine really well with chocolates? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a very very fucking good bourbon, like not Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh fuck, Jack Daniels, dude. <laughs> Honestly, man, I hated bourbon. Oh no, not even bourbon because Jack Daniels, I think is. It's not think, bourbon. I don't think it's bourbon. Oh, they! I, I thought they advertised it as such. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe it is a bourbon. Other, other. Uh, I well, don't know. bottom line is, I hated whiskey for years because yeah. I thought Jack Daniels was whiskey, <laughs> and then I tried like you know Bullet and Maker's mm. Mark and mm. like some other really like way better ones. Like Black our table. distillery that we work with. Yeah, we commissioned a distillery here in um in Tempe. They're called Adventurous Stills. Um, they're right like between University and Rio Salado, like just south of Tempe Marketplace. And they do several amazing bourbons, rise. They had this corn bourbon, a blue corn bourbon. I couldn't even believe it. It was incredible. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. And so you try that and you compare that to Jack Daniels and you're like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's uh it's like uh, having a filet mignon at a French restaurant (laughs) versus ordering like Ordering fucking uh, a burger a at uh, yeah <laughs> Denny's or yeah or a Big Mac a Big Mac yeah yeah so that's that's the difference but hey like you know you you do need to commoditize something so otherwise you, know, you couldn't afford whiskey all the right, time exactly so so this is awesome right and you'd be started out telling us about how you how you came you know came across the name and had right. the idea so so you've been fooling around with. We're just making your own liquor, just just uh, making your mm. own at least alcohol, wine and beer, maybe. Yeah. You well, I don't. I, I haven't made beer yet. Um, I did start making champagne, well, or sparkling wine because you're not. It's, it's not, not champagne. champagne if it's not from Champagne, France. <laughs> exactly. Again, that's why I fucking hate the French. <laughs> I don't I keep blame you, dude. <laughs> It's so like it's so exclusive. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're not a member of this exclusive club. If you don't live here in Champagne, then your champagne isn't champagne. And also fuck the Muslims. That's a different thing, but that's going on now. But <laughs> yeah, that's a whole story for a different time. Yeah, that's a different so, That's okay. when we maybe two more drinks we can start talking about that. <laughs> um but anyways, speaking of champagne and sparkling yeah. wine, that's a great fucking combination with absinthe. One of my favorite cocktails is the Death in the Afternoon. Coined by Ernest Hemingway, you throw one shot of champ or uh, absinthe, Holy. and then fill the rest <laughs> of the glass with champagne, and that will fuck you up, man. Two of those, you're like toasted, dude. Dude, like it's it's like Jack and Coke, but instead of Jack, it's absinthe, and instead of Coke, it's, it's more alcohol. It's the most bourgeois version of Jack and Coke. You're like, oh, dude. Holy shit, that does sound good, man. Unless shit. you're doing Jack and Coke. 
I mean, that's also good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that. that. I, might, I think that's a good combo. Yeah, I person. think that's a pretty standard standard combo. Not not like fucking Hunter Biden doing crack. Yeah, I mean, I mean come on, dude. Have some class. At least like snort it, you know? Yeah, I mean, his, <laughs> his dad is Joe Biden, the next president, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, we should be careful oh, what we're saying. Dude, yeah. uh, okay. So, I'm scared, dude. I'm so scared. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's insanity what's going on. And the I, collapse of democracy. <laughs> it's not going to be collapse of democracy. All all that's going to happen is you know something that happened in 2000, and that's what everybody's talking about. It's going like to go to the courts. They'll figure it out. I like your optimism. And I, it's a more, you know what? It's it's less optimism. It's more. Uh, I know people like hype shit up more than you know more than it should be hyped up. Because we live in a hysterical, sensationalized society. Oh yeah, and and that's know. more fun. It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kidding. I'm not actually like that concerned about it for the most yeah, part. People just like sending you messages. Make sure your get like your gas tank is filled in your car, and you right. fucking I don't know. You have your right. prescription medication, and you have like all your dildos washed. I don't know what, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude. Nobody cares. Shit. So that means I should probably refill my Viagra <laughs> prescriptions. Yeah, exactly. Like who, who <laughs> cares? Nobody. Nobody fucking cares. Who washes their dildos anyways? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> if that's the kind of attitude you. Have at your distillery, <laughs> sir. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say it right now. Official public statement: At uh, absent-minded, we wash our dildos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's that's very uh, FYI reaffirming. Yeah, reaffirming. So yeah, the fucking election, they'll figure it out. I know, like it's it's uh, it's it's fucking nonsense. I'm like so uh, fed up of it, and I think 90% of all people are. Who, who are not directly involved with it. Yeah. This is the same shit like over and over again. And this has been going, it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. And it's been going on for like five years now since like Trump started to run. It's the same thing in the news. And it, it's, it's exhausting. The, it's the Trump bump. All the news media is just like, oh, everything, if a story, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. But yeah. also if it, if it, has the name Trump in it? It's also gonna fucking lead. Yeah, and it, he kind of follows the that follows the cliche of you know any publicity is good publicity, right? Exactly. And and an interesting thing I did hear though is companies like Twitter and uh, and and you know some other social media companies they're having internal discussions that if Trump loses and Trump becomes irrelevant and this is their investors asking them you're you. The engagement on your platform is going to go down significantly. Decline. So it's it's like in a weird way, they say like all these social media companies are against Trump yeah. and they want to like, you know, uh, they're biased against Republicans and they want to yeah. make sure, uh, you know, Biden wins or whatever. But right. it's not in their best financial Bro, interest for that to happen. That's such a great point. I feel like if Joe Biden does indeed actually win, like for the next four years, he's going to be like asleep in the basement of the White House. No one's going to talk politics at all. It's going to be like back to the Kardashians. It's going to yeah. be back to like, you know, typical boring pop culture bullshit. Yeah. Um, which- unless, unless <laughs> uh, our homegirl, Kamala Harris, you know, like puts a couple of droppers of rat poison <laughs> In his mucinex, you know, and he croaks. In his metamucil. <laughs> yeah, in his metamucil. That's better, yeah. That's in metamucil. Because, you know, Joe's got to be regular if he's not regular. Oh, with, I mean, with her evil cackle, I wouldn't put it past dude, her. Dude, I, you know? I hate that cackle. I don't know what oh, it's it is. so annoying, dude. It kills it's, me. It's weird how she, like, even, uh, even, like, certain things she says and... I don't know, man. It kills me, dude. She can't answer a straight question, especially when they're like, oh, so you, you called, uh, you know, you called your, like, I don't know what you call him, running mate? No, not running mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Called, like the. They called your running mate racist during the debates. I mean, what do you have to say about that? And she just laughs. 
And she's like, uh, she's like, it's a debate. It's like, uh, okay, what? that doesn't so, really So you mean the... you lied? Like that's so what you you're lied. saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what, the, what kind of duplicitous bullshit is this, man? Yeah, she's got like that weird like look. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And maybe it's irrational to judge somebody by that it's a look. Rash, it's, a, it's irrational. It's, this is pure visceral reaction yeah, it's like to my hate cat. of the french yeah it's, it's kind of like <laughs> it's your hate of the french <laughs> yeah so oh my i don't know man she's uh hilarious she's obviously indian uh so i should like support her right hey you know what uh i don't know man uh, she claims that she listens to hip-hop i highly doubt no, it <laughs> dude, this is like the whole thing with the hillary and this hot sauce like it's the same thing <laughs> right i was i mean i was as soon as like Tulsi Gabbard dropped out of the race on the Democratic side, I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. This is all bullshit. Yeah. I really liked her a lot. And like the funny thing is Tulsi and Kamala. Those are like the hackiest. Like, it's not hack actually. Those are the most like weird, like old world Indian names. Nobody has those. Oh, Tulsi names. Gabbard? Yeah. Is she Indian? She's not Indian. Because she's uh, like from Hawaii, right? No, no. She's not Indian, but her parents were like you know, hippies and they, oh. they, they became Hindus. So that's how that's how she has a Hindu It's like Hindu Ram Das yes, is actually... Exactly. Uh, I know what he is. I just know him as Ram Das. His name. He was. He used to work with Timothy Leary in Harvard, like giving all their students, you know, uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah, Um, I don't know his actual name, but I've Albert. Albert. Doctor Albert. He's like just this New York Jewish guy, and then now he's Ram Das because he studied under you know uh, Maharaji. Maharaji. (laughs) If you study under Maharaji, you're good. But yeah, that's like. (laughs) <laughs> That's the Eastern, like, I don't know, craving that a lot of people have to, in terms of philosophy and religion and spirituality. That's a big thing, right? And it's awesome. And I mean, I like it. I I definitely dig it. It gets a, lot a little of these... cheesy when, like, some long haired, like, you know, rich Brooklynite, you yeah. know, from a Jewish family. Just I like... mean, who I like, I like Alan Watts. I don't know I if you I love know. Alan Watts. He's, he's just got such a matter of fact thing. And the beauty of what he says, and I was talking about this on the podcast the other day with somebody too. Uh, the, the beauty is. Everything he's saying, it, his recordings are from the 60s. Right. Even late 50s, yeah. 60s, maybe early 70s. He died early 70s. Yeah. From alcoholism. And, yeah. And that, <laughs> that, that's what makes it better, right? And like he's, when he's speaking, it seems like he's speaking today. Yeah. None of this, none of the words he says seem outdated. No. None of the problems he speaks about seem outdated. It seems like this. Yeah, this was like a lecture that it's happened all, in 2019. All relevant. And actually, one of my favorite ones that I have recorded of his is when he's talking about uh, Camus. He's like, the greatest philosophical question is whether or not to commit suicide. And then like Alan Watts' audience laughs. <laughs> and it's true, though. It's yeah. like, that is the fundamental question. It's like, you know, to exist or not to exist, right? Well, I guess that takes it away from, uh, you know, Shakespeare. So maybe Camus is a little bit unoriginal when he no, brings but that as a, a i mean um yeah and um, philosophy wise uh, nihilism i mean that would like be literally nihil- nihilism they uh, they do say like is it um there's anti-natalist who kind of make the similar argument of so, okay once you're born that's a different thing right you're right. born like there are other variables at play but making new life bringing right. somebody else into the world is it better to um be born in the world and and uh and experience both happiness and suffering mm-hmm. or is it better to be not born and experience no happiness and no suffering so what right. the argument is and they kind of empirically kind of break it down into like really like nerdy like logical statements and and the conclusion is even if you have like one suffering one event of suffering it's and and everything else is happiness that is not uh that is worse than 
not being born and having zero suffering. Mm, so that's kind of what they come up with. And obviously, I'm not convinced in any way because I'm alive. I fucking love life. I yeah. can drink fucking absinthe <laughs> with you who I met and a, a, Bro, on a lift, right? Like, I, I love life like that. I embrace the suffering and as well as, you know, a lot of the existential philosophers, they say life is suffering. Um, you know, you just have to trudge through it. Yeah. And it's like Viktor Frankl when he was, you know, in yeah, the yeah. Holocaust, um, you know, uh, Jewish psychiatrist living through the Holocaust. And he, he looked around. He saw that the people who didn't survive were the ones who lost all hope and meaning in life. And they weren't able to, like, you know, deal with the suffering, whereas Viktor Frankl was able to find, you know, like comfort in the suffering process. Yeah. Um, the other argument that would take the opposite um, argument um, or sorry, the other like idea that uh, you were mentioning earlier yeah. about whether or not it's, you know, you should exist. What um, is moral? Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people who are talking about, like factory farming with like cows and stuff. It's like a lot of agriculture, like cows right now are like, there's more cows now because of human consumption, right? Right, right. Like if we didn't eat cheeseburgers at McDonald's or whatever, and I don't know if you do because you're I, from India. No, no. And and that's a whole other story. I, yeah. I used to, I don't now, but anyway, you yeah. continue your three. No, but yeah. Five. So if like they weren't making like Big Macs, <laughs> then <laughs> arguably there wouldn't be as many cows living. So they're saying like, if we all of a sudden all like switch to a vegetarian diet, um, that would thereby result in like a mass like reduction in the number of cows living yeah which some may say hey uh, that's a good thing because it's like you're not you know putting these animals through like the the suffering you know like especially through like you know factory farming which is indeed really horrible um but even like free range cows you know they wouldn't really have to what's free range really yeah how much range are they getting really but uh so the argument is would those cows be better off not living or would they be better off living yeah. despite the fact that they're going to inevitably be turned into a McDonald's cheese? Yeah, absolutely. So the, their entire purpose of of, uh, of living or why they've come into existence is to be killed at a premature date right. and, and live in, in horrible uh, conditions. So right. that's their whole ex- entire existence. Yeah. So the, this, again, the, the two sides of this is one, which I kind of side with is, yeah, don't, don't, create more cows and just kill them unnecessarily right. uh, and and figure out other sources of food and and we can get into like the nitty-gritty of people like you know uh, they they appeal to nature and appeal to you know the food uh, food pyramid and food right. chain and all of that but the other argument which was very interesting with some guy made is they said like cows and chickens are winning the evolutionary game right <laughs> because are they, they going to outcompete us? <laughs> no, yeah, not even compete, just in terms of like making copies of their genes, right? They're making oh, the maximum geez. copies of their genes. Right. And what they say is, and this guy is crazy. Again, I don't know how, like for today, like it's all French. It's a French guy, like he's on YouTube. <laughs> the French kind of philosopher sort of a guy. I don't know how all of this. Hey man, the genie's out of the bottle. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah, and please get comfortable, man. Like we can move this oh, around. No, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. And I know I had to fucking turn off the AC because... No, that, man, you don't want that... Yeah, that AC yeah. is like a fucking train. Yeah, um, it sounds like a washing machine or something. Yeah, exactly. And these cheap ACs probably made in the 70s that <laughs> these apartments still use, right? It's got residual... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I was oh, going to say... black mold? Yeah, black mold and... Uh, 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 bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So what I was kind of saying is... So evolutionarily, they say the chickens are using us to to oh, propagate themselves yeah <laughs> it's an interesting trick it's a little bit of a sophistry kind it's of a, a thing little, going. yeah there's a little sophistry to it but it is it's, it it's makes true sense. though man it's they say true. like the grassland what's the most successful like 
species is like this common type of grass or whatever right. that grows. It's everywhere. Well, you call that every- symbiosis. That's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. For instance, it's like uh, 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 pigeons, right? Pigeons predominantly live where people live. Symbiotic. Yeah. Uh, dogs, you know, a lot of that symbiotic, you know. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, his whole thing was, and it's just it's just an argument on paper. When right. If you... If you like watch a video of a guy hacking off a cow's like head and hurling it across the aisle, I mean that <laughs> argument kind of goes out of the window. <laughs> uh, I've seen those videos, and that's what kind of I try not to. Uh, yeah, ignorance P- is bliss. Those that's... PETA videos um, back in the day. Dude, I'm too. I'm way too sensitive. <laughs> a very yeah, sensitive man. There's definitely PETA, and they've got their issues. But there's other like independent people who get yeah. these videos and stuff. But yeah, without getting too grim and yeah. talking about the <laughs> about the animal holocaust. The animal You're talking holocaust. about the human holocaust. I'm talking about the animal holocaust. <laughs> um, but th- this is no, actually lot. before we started talking about that, we were talking about uh, what was it psychedelics you mentioned uh oh alan watts yeah yeah that was a big rabbit hole right there oh yeah camus to uh to live or not to live interesting yeah. okay yeah i mean the, the, it's it's all like, fun like and here's I what i think about those things man just thinking about them is like intellectual masturbation do it and like you know that's it it makes do you it, get over it yeah it makes you feel good about yourself uh you're not really going to it's nothing none of that's actionable right and it's right. not that you're going to like kill yourself unless you're like suicide, suicidal that's a different thing but you wouldn't like nobody can give you an argument because it's so hard coded within you to not die and not oh, yeah. not you know, to survive self preservation yeah you too. i could give you the the most foolproof argument that's not going to make you like stab yourself in the throat or would it (laughs) you never know try me (laughs) yeah that's again like that's 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 irrational it's illogical but it is your you know your hard-coded drive to drive to survive and this this thing's really good man this yeah i was also gonna say man i feel bad for these cows too because they don't have access to absinthe which is they they barely have they don't have access to grass (laughs) they have soy and corn sad dude it's sad wait it sounds like a lot of vegans i know all all i got (laughs) is soy and corn Um, dude don't say that come on now (laughs) hey i went vegetarian for like a year then i went pescatarian for like six months i did vegan for maybe like three months yeah I and tried lichen. it, man. Um, and lichen. You know, I like pescatarian. I could be a pescatarian, but it's difficult doing that here in Arizona where it's like, uh, you're in the desert. Yeah, you're my, not- so I, I like full disclosure, I am quote unquote plant based, Hannah. I can't nice. even say it with a straight face. Nice. I am vegan in that sense nice. of the word. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but like my, uh, it's, it suits, it's uh, better suitable to, yeah. uh, the indian diet like if i because the, the type of foods i grew up eating and right. i even eat right now it's compatible it's it's very compatible and transferable right. in, in that sense because i grew up in a muslim household oh right? wow okay right so in india in india yes. oh interesting yeah there's a lot of muslims in india india oh, okay. like uh is the second highest muslim population interesting because in I, I my only so i'm super ignorant i only know like no no you know a lot about India a little bit. I mean, I know about go well. Or a lot of my friends, because I have a biomedical background, so a lot of my friends, colleagues, and supervisors were from India, yeah, um, as well as from Pakistan too. But I never really talked. Fuck to- <laughs> <laughs> I never <laughs> shit. <laughs> Did I just open up a can of worms? Another like after the French. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, shit, dude. Nah, I just, nah, I just, just hope kidding. you guys don't enter nuclear destruction. Nah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I love. I love. I, I have a few different Pakistani friends. Yeah. I love them. Man. And you guys are like. Uh, it's the same portion. This, yeah. You guys are this like 
The you guys same. are the same. You guys yeah. have like the same fucking food, the same accent. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, it'd be like the difference between a Catholic and a Protestant, you know? Yeah, I mean, but uh, it's because it's majority. So I was raised Muslim. And that's coming right? from a total, like, you know, sp- sp- religious ignorance from a, you know, fucking yeah, guy it's, from it's pretty you know, close Arizona. like that. And so culturally, everyone's close, but Hinduism and Islam as, as religions are very different. Very different. Yeah. And, and, I understand and, that. Completely. And like, uh, but there's these overlaps and like because muslims have been in india for about a thousand years right no, actually 1400 years even like when when islam was was founded right uh even from then like people merchants were coming over to india so all of that mixing and mashing like so an indian muslim would have a very different outlook towards life interesting uh than than somebody from the middle east or something somebody right. from saudi arabia there's right. like a lot of mix so there's like sufism which is like you know muslim mysticism yeah it's, it's, yeah it's it's all these dudes who like wear like these green garbs and smoke weed and just, like, <laughs> hang out wait there's there's islamic mystics who oh. just sit around smoking weed all day fuck yeah dude <laughs> oh, those dude. guys are awesome i then, bet and, and, i want to party with and, them man and their whole like you know what their hustle is they have like this, uh, they have this almost like a, a I want to call a brush or a broom made of peacock feathers. I'm sure it's like fake peacock feathers because nobody's like poaching peacocks to make that shitty thing. Right. right? They have like these fake peacock feathers and they go up to people then they're like, I'm going to bless you. Okay. I've, I've heard the word from the Lord and I'm going to bless you. That's the whole peacock hus- feathers. Yeah. With peacock feathers and they have like incense and they have like the whole thing and they have the garb and they're fucking, they're, they're, they're fucking zonked out of their mind. And, <laughs> and they just get like a, a, a buck from them. It's a, is it kind of like the, uh, the, um, is it the Maha? No, not, it's the, oh, the Maharishi. The, the Maha, uh, no, the, what the hell? They give you the little flower at airports. I mean, there's so many different things. You know what I'm talking about? No, but there's so many different things. They give you flowers at the airport. And have you been to India? No, not yet. The Uh furthest east I've ever been was Poland. Krakow, Poland. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's the furthest east Hitler got to. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Oh, man. I'm sure he would like to go further. Oh, yeah. He he wanted to go like east and then like circle back and and meet everybody back in Berlin like that's what right, he wanted. Right. Well, so, sorry, sorry, Uncle Adolf. <laughs> yeah. B- better luck next time. Um. Yeah. So, the uh, the the Mar- the Krishnas, Krishnas, the Hari Krishnas. Hari Krishnas. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's their thing. They would press a fucking shitty little flower in your hand. Yeah. And they would pretend it was a gift, and so you felt compelled to give them something in return, even oh, yeah. though this flower is like worthless. <laughs> oh, so like there's Hari Krishnas hustling people now. Hustling. Like, they used ah. to that, and like people used and people were getting pissed off when Hari Krishnas would just ask them outright for money. So they came up with this like brilliant <laughs> strategy of being like, oh, yeah, we'll give the them surrogate. something. Yeah. So it's like sort of like a reciprocal uh, type of thing. And by the way, if you got another glass, I know you're still working on that. I'd like to give you some of this vert, maybe just like a little smidge, you know? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So Okay, so um, we got this second type. This is the vert. Yeah, so the, we made that specifically so people could like drink this straight. So they don't have to do this like whole nerdy ritual. Yeah, they with don't have spoon. to like you know, hire a shaman. To, to do <laughs> don't need to do an ayahuasca ceremony here. Yeah, so, so do it. I'll yeah, go ahead. Sip. Try it. Um, it's, it's it's based off of uh, the, also the historical formulation. With dude, this sl- is so fucking good, man. You like that? Yeah, Heck yeah, <laughs> man. Cheers, dude. Seriously. Really Cheers. So that is our absinthe-minded vert. It's 80 proof, 40% alcohol. 
Um, it's based off the same traditional formulation of uh, Grand Wormwood, Anise Seed, Fennel Seed. We also added Spearmint, Coriander, card, um, uh, Chamomile, and uh, greened it naturally as well with uh, Hyssop and Lemon Balm. But we uh-huh. added the Coriander and the Spearmint and the Chamomile to make it sweeter. Wow. So yeah, you, do you can straight. yeah the, the sweetness comes through. Yeah. Like it's it's not like drinking again like a, a shot of Jack Daniels or something. It's 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 not gonna it's not like gasoline, you know. No, a lot of these cheap liquors you try to drink it. It's like hand sanitizer. God, get me the fuck out of here, dude. That stuff is so gross. Yeah. So like this, like you, it's delectable. I don't know what other <laughs> word I can use. <laughs> you know? That's one of my favorite words. Honestly, <laughs> I like that word, delectable. Yeah. So you, you drink it, it. It makes you feel like you're royalty. You know, like <laughs> this is awesome, dude. Like shit. Like so. So we, we talked about all kind of all kinds of nonsense, right? So like, I do want to like kind of go back to the main track of you. You had this idea, right? right? Had you heard of Absinthe before? Oh, were you yeah. like a were you like a fan, okay. or were you like a like connoisseur of like okay, I'm I I like right. Absinthe. This is my shit. Right, like, and and that's how you like stumbled across the name and then went into it. Right. So right. how did that happen? So yeah, so I guess this dates back to like some of the historical stuff that we were talking about earlier. So um, as I said, Absinthe was created by that French doctor. Um, after he created that, he sold the patent to uh, Pernod Effis in uh, 1797. So Pernod. You'll see them on the shelves, Pernod Ricard, Pernod Pastis, Pernod mm. Absinthe. They're the first wow. distillery to make Absinthe way back in 1797. Um, throughout the uh, 19th century, Absinthe became very popular, um, especially when the grape blithe happened. There was this, uh, God, I forget the, what the name of it was. I can pull it up. But it was like a parasite that wiped out all the vineyards in France. Oh, wow. And so... French people wanted to get toasted Holy still, fuck, so. and so they started drinking more and more absinthe, and that's that was the rise of absinthe. Kind of picked up during the Grand Epoque, you know, that's during like the artists like you know Henry de Toulouse-Lautrec, um, and then like Vincent Van Gogh, all those guys, and then uh, into the early 20th century, and that's kind of like the height of the popularity of absinthe. And after a, so this was also the height of the temperance movement. So you had a bunch of like these like hardcore fundamentalist religious types that mm. were just like, alcohol is a tool of the devil. We need to like, you know, rid it from society. You know, it's like yeah, a so. bane in our existence. And so um, absinthe was like, like took the cake for all like, you know, anti-alcohol propaganda. Um, oh, really? It became like the scapegoat of... It, yeah. Because it is pretty strong. Like, it's so very like, strong. I think that wouldn't have like uh, boded right. so well with just wine. People just drinking wine. No. It's no. more of like, yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah, you know? It's, it's like, like grape whatever, juice. But absinthe came with this um, stigma of being hallucinogenic. Um, and as a matter of fact, it does have some like psychoactive uh, properties. What? Particularly thujorn, which is a psychoactive compound in wormwood that operates on the GABA-A receptor which is what alcohol works on, but it does the opposite effect. So instead of causing neurodepression, um, it causes neurostimulation. So you oh, get okay. a little bit of a stimulatory effect. Okay, so it's like more like mezcal. Mezcal has yeah, a little bit of that. absolutely. Agave um, agave spirits has those types of properties I love as mezcal well. too. Yeah. Mezcal is the shit. Dude. Shout out to Carreño. Uh, uh, we're friends with Abel and his business partner who are um, based out of here in Arizona. Carreño. Yeah. They're like dude, like, yeah, I, I, we're pretty close. We do... Uh, shows and and mics at this place called el charo hipster mm. uh, i don't know if you've heard of them it's a nice I know spot. El Charo, yeah yeah el charo it's, a, it's a downtown so we, we should like get you connected that'd be and, sick dude yeah, i'm sure carreño's in there too because they're like 
really really like well connected locally yeah but anyways um yeah so long i'm this is the very fucking long story um go for it dude so, i'm fucking i'm enjoying it like yeah what are the what kind of receptors did you say oh yeah them? so um I, i'm like my receptors are like on right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, it's a fucking absent um so gaba a receptors are what um bezodiazepines like valium and all those other types of anti-anxiolytics they operate on gaba a receptors by inducing gaba a so what it does is it causes neuro uh, it causes neurodepression. So it slows down the firings in your brain. Alcohol does the same thing. What thujon, which is derived from wormwood, um, causes, it it um, blocks GABA-A receptors, thereby resulting in neurostimulation. So you get this balancing act be- between the alcohol effect and then the thujon effect. Yeah. So this doctor in France, uh, Dr. Magnon, who was like an anti-alcohol researcher in like the late uh, 19th century, was the first one to extract thujon from wormwood and he was administering that to rats in such high quantities that it was causing coma convulsions and death in mice and so he's like see lo and behold wormwood and absinthe are toxic and causing hallucinations and neurotoxicity and death and so it was mass hysteria yeah like Times 10 on steroids. It's pretty much like every uh, kind of biased research that happens all over yeah. the world, right? Yeah. It's like cherry picking oh, yeah. um, confirmation bias times 10. And not to mention, if you administer that much of any chemical substance to mice, like including caffeine, nicotine, uh, sugar, you'd fucking cause coma, seizure, yeah. and death. And- it's like aspartame, right? They say like, you know, rats getting cancer, but they give them aspartame, which is the equivalent of drinking a hundred cans of coke every day or something ridiculous like that i will say aspartame is disgusting <laughs> taste wise you know between stevia and aspartame give me aspartame really? all day long oh i like stevia there was stevia is disgusting what about agave nectar you like that shit that's good i mean that's yeah, just that's straight to god that's just straight straight glucose though that's straight. yeah it's, pretty yeah, it's got calories glucose. and everything so but but the whole like stevia like xavia the the it's kind of gross it's disgusting yeah man. it's like i I'll, Honestly, I'll take i'll take on the 150 calories yeah you know, i'll walk around the block like just give me a regular <laughs> coke honestly man i'm like i'm trying to abstain from sugar so i'm getting i just turned 35 you know i'm like it's so uh, in your mid 30s when you really start packing on look the fucking here. great for 35 what are you oh, talking man, about you could charming no you flattery will get you nowhere my friend <laughs> no no i don't want to get anywhere you fucking already got me where i needed to get with absent-minded <laughs> go to absentmindedaz.com yeah <laughs> no but what i was saying is uh yeah, like the research is, is more or less always biased and it comes totally. with an agenda. Doesn't mean the science is not right, but you got to like, you know, take it with a grain of salt totally. and, and scrutinize it a little more. So right. so the absinthe became the the, the, the liquor of the hugely devil and all of popular, that. Hugely popular, hugely popular. Popular and infamous, both. Infamous and popular. Yes, exactly. I mean, like Ernest Hemingway was drinking it, Vince, Vincent Van Gogh, Oscar Wilde, a bunch of crazy artists, you know. And so this is like during the Belle Epoque and then during, during like the early 19th century or sorry, 20th century Bohemian movements in like France, Montmartre, Moulin Rouge, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and then um, this guy, Jean Lanfray, drank three gallons of wine, a couple of bottles of like brandy and other distilled spirits. And then he proceeded to drink two glasses of absinthe and then subsequently murdered his whole family. In Switzerland, I was that Chris Benoit? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. You don't know Chris Benoit. I don't know who the fuck sorry, that is. Yeah, that's a that's a wrestler. That's a pro oh. wrestler that killed his family. But uh, well, similar story. Was he drinking absinthe too? I'm, I, I'm sure prob- he was drinking something way was. cheaper. Yeah, he was drinking- <laughs> way cheaper. Yeah, he's a he's French Canadian. Oh, <laughs> these French people, man! It's he's French, seriously. No, yeah, he's he's pretty like his whole thing. He just 
a WWE wrestler right, for right. A, with a career of 10 12 years right. he's probably done every drugs every drug nice. that has been known to man that's a man out of my, after my own heart i don't know man like he's pretty depressed so he he killed himself and his own family okay never family. mind i take that back he's <laughs> not a man out of my own heart but anyway so 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 this guy like he basically killed yeah. his entire family killed his whole family but so um, now i i see what you did there you like yeah. professed it you said that he drank one, like fucking 3 gallons of wine, wine. And a he, couple of bottles of spirits, and then drank two glasses of absinthe. So you're saying so people pinned it on the absinthe. They pinned it on the absinthe. So the press was like, "This man drank absinthe. Absinthe like brought him to a murderous rage. He murdered his family." And then so what happened? It uh, galvanized the entire like Swiss population to pass a petition that received eighty four thousand signatures to ban absinthe permanently. So Switzerland was the first one. And then all uh, all uh, several of the other European countries f- followed suit. Um America banned absinthe in 1912 because of that. And then France was like the last country to ban absinthe in 1914. Ah. Uh. Absinthe thereby uh became, you know, illegal for about 95 years. Wow, dude, like people if this doesn't want you want you guys to go out and buy some absinthe. I don't know what well like. <laughs> I know, it's like you tell someone not to do something, what are you going to do? You're going to fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like uh, you tell people not to do like, you know, rails of cocaine off a hooker's ass. <laughs> you're going to you're going to go and do it. Yeah, you're going to find a fine young lady and do it. <laughs> not too young then then otherwise you're going to be killed in absinthe. Yeah. You know, you'll be uh, you'll be on uh, you'll be Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. So so all the stigma around it yeah. and obviously over time right. I would think that stigma dissolves yeah. and people come back to their senses well, like ah it's just thing. another liquor is there any uh, was there another inflection point which kind of brought it back to normalcy or was well, it just over time Yes and no it's just over time like people started to realize it was bullshit and like this guy that uh, created the brand Lucid he's an American chemist he's the one who helped convince the TTB the federal <clears throat> government here that absinthe uh, with wormwood was not actually like neuro toxic and there was several studies done by like german uh, uh chemists they did like mass spectrometry on pre-ban era absence to see if they had any psychoactive or neurotoxic chemicals they found none whatsoever in other words it was all a bunch of garbage propaganda and this yeah. leads back to the question that you asked like fucking 15 20 minutes ago <laughs> why what got me into it um a all that crazy history and yeah, lore pretty cool yeah. um also the fact that it was illegal for so long um and the fact that it was like hugely popular amongst artists i'm an artist you know my business partner is an artist and then when it got legalized yeah. in 2007 i finally tried it for the first time it got legalized when 2007 no get the fuck yeah. out of here it got legalized What? in america 2007 it was like literally illegal 95 in 2007 yeah 95 years <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah dude. most yeah it's insane it's fucking stupid anyway so it became legal i had my first glass of absinthe i think in portland oregon and since then man i've been hooked and like i lived in the west indies for a bit I've, oh, and, which what is, country uh dominica nice and i was sandwiched between two french islands martinique and guadeloupe so there was a very strong french influence <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> hey, no, no, that's, it's all good now and so uh yeah so j'ai besoin beaucoup d'absinthe <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need lots of absinthe. Yeah. And so uh, that's why I lived there. I'm just kidding. That's not why I lived there. But anyways, um so I had like a bunch of good absinthe and shitty absinthe. I went to France and had absinthe there. Um yeah, and then lived in New York for a bit and like used to go to like uh, Maison Première in Brooklyn and that place had like 40 or so different absinthes from America and Europe. Right. So you've had this history. So you're like a, as a young man you're traveling around for different things you're traveling around yeah. and absinthe with the history it got you hooked is kind of a, a liquor of your preference so to totally, say. Totally 100%. Yeah. 
It's good. fun, man. I love it, dude. It's uh, it's weird. It's quirky. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that uh, when George Bush, baby Bush, was president, you couldn't drink this shit. No, no. That that blows my mind no, a little bit. And if you were gay, you couldn't either get married. Yeah, so either. you couldn't be you you couldn't be a gay guy hosting a wedding with uh, with, with abs- absence <laughs> serving absence minded. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, times okay. have changed, man. Times have changed. <laughs> so, great. So so you get hooked onto this and I can see that, man. And like, I'm not even <laughs> bullshitting you. This will become a part of my rotation. Fuck like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be, Lena, uh, I'm going to be like a fucking consumer to your nice, market right now. Nice. This is, this is really good. And, and it's especially, you know, it's not an everyday thing or whatever, right. but you know, every day you crack open a shitty beer, you drink. Bro, that it's and, even for me, it's, it's, it's so goddamn expensive, dude. It's, uh, in general, absence are pretty pricey. So yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's a nice, I don't know. It's got like a nice warm, like, I don't yeah. know. I want to almost say wholesome, like yeah. just coming from India, like this is the spiciness of it all. Like it's very wholesome, uh, well rounded. 100%. Yeah, so, man. so it feels good. So that's why I'm saying, like, I can see how you got right. hooked on to the, to the, you know, to the concept of absinthe, to the story, to the narrative of, of absinthe. And the but, flavor is very sophisticated too. Exactly. So concerned. from there, taking, taking that and like saying, okay, I'm going to make this fucking thing. That's kind <laughs> of a leap. Right, I like it's a beer. total leap. It's a like total I leap. like beer, you know, but I'm not gonna like fucking start my own brewery, right? Just because right. I found a cool name, right? Because right, because I kind of find like names for things all the time. That's kind of my thing. Like you know, right. I I find names for things, but I don't do those things. <laughs> <laughs> like it's this, a leap, dude. Honestly, I don't know how much time you got on here. No, no, like I got time. Um, yeah. So, um, let's see. I was uh. My, my other graduate degree was a medical program. And, you know, after I graduated that, things didn't really pan out the way I was hoping it would. And so I spent some time kind of like, you know, balancing different options and different ideas. And so this sort of like fell in my lap just, you know, after I got drunk and read that poem. So this became sort of like a goal and like a project that I could like focus on to like, you know, try to get my life back on track. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, things have been working out like really well. This was like four years ago now. Um, and then, like I said, we launched in December. It took us three years to launch onto market just because like, you know, passing through all the red tape and the hurdles. of like, Yeah. You know, yeah. So let's, products. let's get through that process. then. so once you start, you, you bring this up to your friend, you're like, Hey, oh, yeah. you want to do this? And your friend's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Here. So Don't let's actually, we're, we'll, we'll pour one more. We got half an hour. I'm going to share this one with you because you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too oh, lit. Yeah. Do, do your thing. What do we're doing thing. is, I don't know if you want to describe what I'm doing here. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's basically a bong right now. He's pouring uh, absinthe into. I don't know if there's any leakage. Yeah. No, I'm just not, I don't want to pour, I'm not going to pour a full serving. I'll yeah. just pour like partial. Yeah, do, do what you need to, man. Yeah, That's but this is, uh, this is uh, the slipstream absinthe glass. Um, right, so it's, it's made by straight our, out of chemistry lab, right? Made by our homeboy, Dimitri. Uh, based out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, so he's making, so he makes like things like this and other glass products. Yeah, he makes a few, but this is like his predominant one, and uh, he sells them online. He sells them all over the world. Yeah, dude, we leave all that shit in the show notes. We'll like not let yeah, people know. Yeah, yeah, I'll want. send you the links. Yeah. So, anyways, what you do is it's very easy. He because he got tired of this kind of bullshit, like the brulee, the uh, um, seesaw dripper. It's just like a lot of pomp and circumstance, but it's mm. also a lot of work. And so he made this, so it's just simple and easy. That's all you do. You just pour the water in. Yeah, if you want absinthe on the go. <laughs> on the go. <laughs> I'll take one for the road. <laughs> yeah, you want to dry it. 
Uh, try not to put that. Try not to electrocute us. Huh? No, no, it's all good. It's all good. So this thing is freaking cool. It's all good if we get electrocuted. Fuck yeah, dude! Like, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm in a very good spot right now. It doesn't matter if I get electrocuted. Yeah, um, yo- YOLO, right? Yeah. I mean, so I think the YOLO is a little 2012. But. Oh, is it? Oh, shit, man. I'm getting old, dude. I told you. I turned 35 recently. So this, uh, the it works like a, a bong in terms of you put water in it, but you pour the uh, the absinthe at the bottom. It gives you like a 1.5 ounce pour. Mm. And then when you add the, the water, you start seeing like some of the mixing going on between like the actual absinthe and the water. Ah, dude, there's, there's a lot of fanfare involved with this drink. Uh, like, you know? <laughs> But I get it. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway drank this. Van Gogh drank it before he hacked his fucking earlobes off. <laughs> Why do you think? Hey, man, the guy liked the party too, you know? Dude, I'm going to like tape my earlobes before I go to bed today. <laughs> I don't want to like see myself hack my earlobes off with like a sh- with like a shitty knife from Walmart that <laughs> I have in my kitchen. That'd be very sad, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know, man. It depends. It might be kind of fun. Who knows? It'd be fun for I don't it, know whom. It makes life interesting, you know? Yeah, but the, so, so you're so you're talking to your friend. Uh, oh yeah. So when I told my buddy, I texted my my best friend. I was like, "Yo, dude, um, let's let's figure out how to make absinthe. Let's get a still and let's call it absinthe minded." Right. And he calls me back immediately, and he's like, "Yo, dude, I bought a still for my dad for us to make moonshine. We only used it once." And What's so a still a still. Well, so still is how you make distilled alcohol. You like throw a mash. Or neutral grain spirits with like botanicals, like what we do, into okay. a pot still. Right. So, so either you, the mash is the hooch, quote yeah, unquote, that's like the hooch, hooch, or exactly. you got something that's pre uh, off the shelf. Well, this. So we, well, when we make this, we use neutral grain spirits, 192 proof ethanol. Okay. Then we combine it with botanicals. Then we throw that into the pot still, distill it out. Nice. I mean, there's more to it, but that's. But yeah, that's the long and general. short of it. Exactly. So it's like brewing tea. It's like fuck, you're making tea, yeah. but with. With alcohol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially, you're making then, masala chai yeah. with alcohol. That's what you're doing. Yeah, next time we're going to make fenny. <laughs> like your homeboys out there in Goa. Yeah, I've never had fenny, actually. Bro. Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah, I, I need to. I don't know. You can find it here. Fenny is like a local, I guess, Our, distri- our distributor sells fenny. They, they have fenny. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, we, work with Sal- we work with Salisha Brands based out of Arizona here. Nice. They actually have fenny in their um, inventory. Wow, this is quite kind of a niche like niche like space with different like these different types of liquors Very. and alcohol That's it can spirit. be niche we're trying to bring this to a popular market because it's a forgotten class of spirit right okay so yeah so um, being I, illegal for 95 years <laughs> it didn't have its chance to catch up to tequila to right. mezcal to... And because i always hear like i've heard absinthe i don't like i, I don't like actually recollect where i've heard it but so many times just in conversation i've heard you know absent this absent that but I never thought too much of it. But like right. it has this like cool cool story behind it. So that's the story of absinthe. But then there's the story of absinthe minded. Uh, absinthe minded, yeah. So what happened is uh we started distilling in the backyard. Uh don't tell anyone I said that. No, yeah, we just broadcast it to the internet. Yeah. That's there all we, we go. do. That's great. Um and uh made a lot of mistakes along the way. And then started developing relationships with other, you know, distillers, other local uh, producers here in Arizona. And uh, yeah, usually you drink this out of the straw, but I'm trying. You to do? Something. What the? Actually, fuck? yeah. Do you want? You can actually now that I think about it. You can. I drink it like 
Yeah. If you, if you need more water, let me know. Watch out because that straw right there is a is a separate glass piece that disconnects. All right. Okay. So so I'm gonna drink like a straw. You know, like it's like a fucking you, bong, you, dude. No, no. It's it's like a bong, but it's also like uh, you've seen that the helmet which people wear at like a ball game. Which <laughs> they drink soda out of. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like that, dude. Where you put the beers on your head. Yeah, exactly. So just a straw. Just I might have, it. I might have put too much water in it, but yeah. Holy shit! This is what the people want to hear me like sipping and gulping, but this is pretty good. I'm getting fucked up. Yeah, I mean, so- dude, like this is not fucked up. Like I drinking a six pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon, that's getting fucked up for me in my world. <laughs> that is gets like, you fucked up. Oh man, uh, six, dude, six fucking PBS. You'll, you'll. Shit, I think I, I need, I need to probably uh, stop. I need to cut myself short here. No, no, no. What I'm just trying to say is, like, the man's got problems. <laughs> <laughs> just, just shitty like beer. I mean, that's what I was trying to say. I was just drinking a lot of shitty beer. A lot of shitty whiskey. That's getting fucked up. Yeah, there's a lot. But of those. I think this is this is more this is more of an experience. Yeah, no. Yeah, totally. so so I don't want to denigrate it by calling it just getting, getting fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. I'm hey like, man, I'm, I'm a proponent of getting trashed. So um, there's certain ways you can do getting trashed. You can get trashed the uh, the PBR route, or you can get trashed the, uh, the classic the, route, the, the filet mignon route. Yeah, it's filet mignon <laughs> versus a Big Mac, or like a dollar whatever hamburger. Yeah. So. Okay, dude. So, so your friends who put into it because so you guys share the interest oh, yeah. of actually brewing and distilling oh, yeah, and all of that. Absolutely, man. So you guys, you guys jump on that and you're kind of just experimenting. So you like right. look up. I don't know if it's a recipe. We looked up. So, dude, this is four years ago. There was very little information available. We had to do lots and lots of digging, and then we found uh, a couple of really cool old books from like the 19th century that went into great detail about the art of distilling. All sorts of spirits, including absinthe. And so we kind of base our formulation roughly off of those. And uh, lots of R&D, lots of mistakes, um, lots of almost throwing in the towel. Like there were periods where we just like things became untenable. And so we almost Uh gave up a few times. But that's like the entrepreneurial story, right? Right. Yeah, we just decided never to give up. So um, after like multiple failures, uh, we finally partnered up with Adventurous Stills and Tempe uh, mid last year. Um, and then I had sort of worked a little bit with Silesia Brands, a distributor here. Yeah. And so they, they all were like open to taking us on as like, you know, one of their products. So now we're all in like, you know, fast forward eight months later, nine, actually 10 months later. Holy shit. 10 months later. Yeah. We're in, 11 we're in months November. Later, 11 months later. Man. Yeah, 2020 has been a total shit show, huh? Hmm. Yeah. I forgot Everything that everything that happened between December and today of last yeah, year, it seems like a few months ago. Yeah, it does. With like a lot of really weird chaos. I think th- I think like time <laughs> almost stood still in uh, in March. It did. It kind yeah. of like everybody's like, okay, yeah, I I still like mentally, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's March. It was like New Year's. We just celebrated New Year's. We went. I went to go see my first. We went to go see our first movie at a theater about two weeks ago. It's the first yeah. movie we went to go see probably since like uh, they open now? January, February. Yeah, uh, we went to Alamo Drafthouse on, ba- on Baseline. Nice. They're open. I don't I, I, think I love so. Alamo Drafthouse. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice experience. Again, it's all about the experience. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what you guys should market. And we'll come to that. Uh, the experience aspect of it. And I'm pretty sure you guys are doing that already. Yeah. But I want to get into the business a little bit. Right. Don't give away your secret sauce, no, your no, Big Mac course. sauce or whatever. But I want to get into the business. How do you know bit. we use Big Mac sauce? <laughs> Who told you that? You said spices. <laughs> I know. Mayo is a spice, right? A Big Mac sauce. Isn't that I, like I, Thousand Island sauce? 
Yeah, it's it's basically it's three parts mayo, two parts ketchup. I don't know. It's fucking it's mayo, ketchup, relish, mustard. Fucking I don't know why we're like talking about Big Mac sauce. Right now. Bodily fluids. Yeah, <laughs> at least some batches. I'm sure. Like yeah, and and definitely. the guys who are like you know working there, they do the same drug that Hunter Biden does. So like they they're doing that too. <laughs> Bro, I worked at a McDonald's during high school, and one of the guys I worked with was a crackhead it was awesome of course dude like anybody who's and and you were in high school anybody who's over the age of 23 22 23 and is working on the line at a fast food restaurant no disrespect you got problems you should probably stop pick a better drug of choice crack is not the answer my friend no yeah whatever it is (laughs) i mean it's not a stable situation that's all i'm saying there's some turbulence if that was a plane it's about to crash that's all it is it needs sully (laughs) it needs you know the pilot sully that's all it needs to 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 help it so so getting into the business side of it a little bit real quick okay so so you start this business. Like, do you have any background, you know, running a business, or this is your? No, first my business venture? partner does. He um he's been um doing his own business for like over a decade now. He does right. lots of like he does resale of like used and vintage. Nice. Okay. Like that, clothing. That's, that's a big thing. Like our, uh, furniture, stereo yeah. equipment, stuff like yeah. that. Again, so, suckers will buy like a Teletubbies T-shirt from 1999. Bro, he's told me the most. Like he said, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "What's the most you ever made on something?" He's like, "Well, I once bought an item for like two dollars and I sold it for five thousand." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here, dude!" dude yeah, that's like a. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what am I that's doing? a five hundred thousand percent markup, bro. Check this out. During the fucking height of the toilet paper crisis and the pandemic. He legitimately sold rolls of toilet paper on eBay for hundreds of dollars. People One like package of toilet paper for $100. That's happening again. You saw that, right? And I'm thinking to myself, if you're spending that much money on a roll of toilet paper, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, no, don't shit. <laughs> don't <laughs> shit. Hold, hold it in. Hold it in for a week. Or yeah. do it Indian style. <laughs> Bring water into the, into the situation. Or just hold it in. Come on, man. No, but like, you know, what What could you like most reasonably do without getting too disgusting here? Here's what I can think of. Have like a bunch of rags, right? And I have a bucket with bleach. <laughs> wipe it. Down, like throw the thing in bleach. Hey, you know, the thing is, though, like they sell, uh, like, I, maybe I shouldn't say that. But say bleach, you know, like bleach is actually pretty commonly used in the porn industry for like people to bleach their, like, you know, what? Assholes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say so. it, say it. Hey, Why, you right? know what? Hey, say it. Hey. Absinthe is not illegal anymore. We live in America. This is not Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Say it. All right, fine. No, I freedom of speech, They're right? Rectums. Yeah, so you can buy my pink wink right now at the stores. But instead of spending your money on that, just take a rag, get some bleach in a bucket. When you use the bathroom, Bam! You just kill two birds with one yeah, stone. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so the, I, and and you would have blonde hair on your asshole. How about that? Hey, no, no. that's cool, man. But actually, it's yeah, I got it wrong. Yeah. Very punk rock. Yeah, you're, you're not really wiping it with bleach on. You're wiping it and then throwing it in the bleach. But okay, like, fuck <laughs> that. I don't. I said, <laughs> no, that was a massive misunderstanding. Yeah, I take yeah. everything I said back. Okay, so, I didn't yeah. mean any of it. Let's let's put that aside and like getting into the business business of this whole uh, i know your venture right the, the business aspect of it you figure it out not not very capital intensive per se because no, initially he had the equipment at least the basic equipment. oh no no actually we we've had to take on uh 
a, a decent like small it's a small investment um and we are still kind of like deciding whether or not we want to go into like a second round of investment right which might be a possibility it depends on how quickly we go national um if we uh start negotiating deals with like you know total wine because our national brand um retailer and if we uh, start negotiating deals with other uh you know like you know, distributors or retailers out of state and we had start like exceeding our capacity right now we're gonna have to start taking on yeah and a jack up the production and things like that exactly yeah so we'll have to start scaling up but right now we're operating we're bootstrapping uh my my homeboy and i were both like super punk rock um we grew up like just doing everything diy yeah um that's the know, way to start out man that's the yeah. best way and so right now despite the uh little amount of equity that we gave up for the uh the, the our first i guess you would call him our first like shareholder yeah you're like um, um angel investors exactly yeah so my buddy and i were like we got like the majority amount of equity in the company um but you know we're uh you know we're definitely open to the idea of um doing like second rounds of investment and you know giving up some of our equity shares just so that we can like help grow the business um that's right. gonna be something we've already been talking about yeah We're you gotta just, figure that out man yeah. that's that's definitely super important like yeah. you know because that's the thing like a lot of people like hold on to that equity like it, it's something but like a like a larger percentage of uh, nothing is, is yeah. nothing no exactly right? so you exactly. gotta you gotta find strike the balance so which is awesome that you guys are thinking about that so when you start this right so you you nail down the recipe yeah it's like it's like it's like a lady selling selling salsa like she's nailed down the recipe now you got to market it right you got to market it you got to like you know you got to package it distribute it all of that and you have the contact with the we're still evolving though i'm gonna say like in terms of our formulation it's a constantly evolving thing nice and and you can have more different like clients of product in the product family yeah that as well like we eventually want to do some other products and like uh we're 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 in the in the right now we're in like the beginning stages of developing a uh a pre-mixed canned cocktail i'm not going to give up too much information regarding that but that's oh, a nice. huge part yeah know. i was going to ask you about like so are there like any absinthe based cocktails oh because- dude yeah let's close out with that he's got we got a few minutes here um let's say the first uh well first of all what we drank tonight that's the traditional way of serving it um sugar cube optional but you're breaking it down with ice cold water at a ratio of roughly one to two or three i prefer it like one to two ish because i like it with a little bit of a bite like that last serving i just did it was a little bit too watered down for my taste i prefer it a little bit stronger um but some people prefer it that way who knows it's all up to preference um just like the sugar cube some people like the sugar cube some people don't um my favorite cocktail is like i mentioned earlier the death in the afternoon with champagne yeah. or sparkling wine that that's will, hemingway oh that's ernest hemingway i mean Jeez. that that uh that now that man's a man after my own heart um yeah very few guys like that um, yeah so 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 you can do like that's i mean that's a cocktail but that's not really that's more of just a statement <laughs> it's a statement it's like um i'm taking two classy things and it's like the like you said it's like the rum and coke but for like the bougie yeah um uh, the bohemian mule is one of our favorites it's a moscow mule except instead of vodka we're using absinthe i'm still doing the ginger ale exactly ginger yeah beer. so it's ginger beer yeah ginger ale is not that great it's ginger different right? ginger beer is like higher on the ginger yeah ginger beer you definitely has actually lots ginger. more ginger oh dude it's so delicious yeah it's like soup like sometimes you'll buy ones like uh fever tree and like uh what's the other ones there's a couple other brands you can like see the little ginger chunks at the bottom nice 
Maybe it's not Fever Tree, so another one. But anyways, um, yeah, so that we love that. So it's one uh, jigger of absinthe, uh, one ounce lime juice, and you just fill the rest of the glass with ginger beer. Wow, um, dude. And no, no uh, liquors, no bitters, nothing. No, no bitters. Yeah, yeah. This, this this is doing the work. This has all those like deep flavors already. Oh, like, yeah. Because if you're using vodka, like, this, this is not a deep flavor. But So you got to like, use yeah. the, 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 the bitters are almost a crutch. The bitter, bitters are good in whiskey-based cocktails, which brings me to another cocktail, which we don't like to promote very much because it only uses a very... Um, like minute uh, quantity of absinthe. <laughs> it's the the Sazerac. It's with bourbon, uh, bitters, vermouth, and absinthe. Right. But we just use like a little absinthe spray. It's like if we sold that to a bar, they would have a bottle of absinthe like sitting on their counter for a whole year before. Dude, yeah, make a cocktail. Uh, it's yeah. called straight up absinthe. Exactly. <laughs> like, you just drink it straight like a man. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So the, so. The, so that's cool. Like there's different ways you can. Uh, yeah, we have a list of our it. cocktails too on our website too. It's that's a, awesome. So yeah. like uh, apart from that, in terms of your business and growing it and, and, and getting licenses and permits and all of that, obviously that's a nightmare. Like people just getting a, a license yeah. to sell beer yeah. is too much. And what I say is fuck that, dude. That's like moral policing. That's again going <laughs> back to being Saudi Arabia. Don't moral police people. Don't say people can't like buy enough. And now there can't be enough alcohol uh, selling licenses in a certain area. And you start, you know, making a lottery. Really, dude? Well, dude, to be like, I understand where you're going with this. Um, It's just regulations are so heavy in the alcohol industry. Yeah, and like so that's a residual of the prohibition. So that's exactly. what I'm saying to our friend, J- uh, Jim Perry, who has a comedy club again in Gilbert, which I'm going to be performing. So, so he has a... So he's been waiting for his beer license. I'm like, dude, fuck this. You should just let people do what they want, right? Have Like a, BYOB? Right, like, no, <laughs> and not even that. I say BYOH, bring your own heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Have a two syringe minimum at the show. <laughs> Free, or, you know, why? Why do you bother? Why I, take do you, you I take you're a libertarian. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a libertarian. I, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I get it. I get you don't want people to like drill holes in the middle of the Grand Canyon. You then you need the state. Right, there right. needs to be a little bit of an EPA. People don't like you know nobody's right. taking a shit in your <laughs> river. Like, nobody's taking or nobody's a, taking a shit in the middle of the street. You yeah, know, there's like, things like that. I get it. Like yeah. you need government, you need regulation to a certain extent, yeah. but don't fucking overdo yeah, it. I'm a libertarian with a tiny L. Like, yeah 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 exactly and like, i'm kind of yeah. there like I, I like the markets i think and and the i one of my favorite shows uh it's a british show fuck one it's it's uh why am i blanking on the name because it's a fucking absent but it's it's, <laughs> it's a very funny british Is it Monty python no 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 it's a, it's a more recent show with peep show okay there you go peep show i've never the seen show. that so the peep show the idea is like every scene is from the pov of somebody else so oh. like you know one guy's looking so it's a peep show interesting and they're talking like he has this whole rant about like there's a bunch of people just doing like i think they're dropping ease or whatever <laughs> in their apartment and they're hanging out and like he the the other guy the protagonist he's like a straight edge guy he's pissed with them so he like tell them to fuck off and like <laughs> systems why why do you hate systems systems are in place for a reason if if there weren't no any symptoms you'd be dead with rotting teeth by the age of 39 is the miracle of consumer capitalism that gives you all these facilities and all these luxuries and that's why you're alive so don't fucking complain about capitalism get the fuck out of here like he he does this whole rant which is really hilarious and i i 
I kind of think that is very true. Like it's yeah. it's important. Like market economies and right. consumer capitalism. The word capitalism has become tainted. The word capitalism is associated with uh, you know yeah. Jeff Bezos right, and tax right. evasion, but that's not what I mean. We can call it a different well, word. It's, we can, it's also Elon Musk. It's yeah. also Nikola Tesla. Yeah. It's also even like that's Edison, it. even though exactly. Edison was a fucking asshole. No, we but, can call it Baba Bui. Call it something else. I don't care. Well, it's a mixed economy, and most successful governments and most successful societies operate under a mixed economy. It's like. You have like social support networks and regulatory agencies exactly. that help, you know, like, you know, make sure that unfettered capitalism doesn't just get like completely out of hand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love reading Milton Friedman and I love, you know, uh, Ludwig von Mises if you're into like the Austrian school of economics. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a real big fan of I used to be a Marxist, but I'm not a Marxist anymore. Jesus, but, you I, fucking swung the pendulum on your thought has swung <laughs> a lot. Hey, man, I was I was a guy in his 20s. I was a social justice warrior college student, just like a lot of these guys you see nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but guess what? I turned 30. Yeah. So yeah, and then you really, <laughs> and you now you have a business. There's taxes a business, to be paid. There's licensing like, fees to be paid. Now exactly. you know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I need to find out every single tax write-off I am eligible for so I don't get screwed. Yeah, see, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's the larger point on society and that makes sense. Like, there has to be some, there have to be checks and balances. But right, for right. people, you should let people do what they want to do as long as they're not bothering other yes. people. And like, it's hard, like when you're in closed spaces, anything you do you're bothering other people like right yeah. people drink and drive people oh, God. you know yeah. like you know not somebody's running naked across the street that's a problem hey it's only a problem if they don't look good <laughs> on the other hand um i mean in san francisco you can run around naked it's not illegal oh, same thing with portland oregon they have the naked bike ride too and it's like eh, yeah as long any, as you're not say, erect <laughs> no that's the law that's the nuance of the yes, law. It if should be so long as you're not not erect and you're not like rotund. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to. I'm not no, trying to be like, politically yeah, incorrect. If, if you're like, if you're erect, uh, you can be naked in public as long it's as you're flaccid. Right. If you're erect, that's a problem. I don't know who's measuring that, <laughs> and how do you measure? Uh, how do you like measure? And it's like an involuntary physiological response to like sexual arousal. It's like yeah. you see, like if I, a heterosexual guy like myself sees like a naked chick in a naked bike ride it's like yeah i mean i'm sorry you're you know? not really calling the shots it's, yeah. it's darwin that darwin's calling the yeah, shots but this is also coming from a guy who wears like three layers of clothing during the summer just because i like yeah you know, during the summer doing a podcast in a room with the ac uh, oh turned my off god jesus yeah. dude, it's so <laughs> but as you were saying with like the regulate uh, regulatory aspects of the business alcohol is one of the heaviest regulated industries in the country and it's all because of prohibition era laws that started in 1929 thank god ended in 1933 um yeah so, the so biggest, what do you got to do so, so to to be somebody who can produ oh, produce oh to be a producer so yeah. right now like this is like well the way we are able to structure our company is that currently speaking we contract our distillery adventure stills and tempe to uh, basically operate under their licensing and their facility, and we pay them, you know, like a premium to ah. be able to do that. So we like, you so know, it's under their license. It's under their license. We operate under their license. Eventually, um, if things like pan out the way that we really would like them to in the future, we would like to eventually open up our own distillery, and that means that we would have to operate under a distilled spirits plant, aka DSP license, um, which you apply to to the TTB. And it t sometimes takes nine months. What is that? Tobacco and what are those? The tobacco, firearms. So tobacco, li tobacco, liquor, and firearms. That's the TTB. They, the wow. What a combination of things. I know. <laughs> it's like, bro, you guys are working hand in hand with like the fucking, uh, you know, the 
Cuban mafia. <laughs> it's like you're working with tobacco, liquor, firearms. Why don't you throw sprinkle a little cocaine on there too? Just yeah. like you know, <laughs> bring the Colombians to the party, right? Yeah, dude. So okay, so that so you, so you got this licensing agreement. So that kind of like yeah. cuts through a lot of the bullshit. So they've taken yeah. care of the bullshit, but you're probably paying a premium. Yeah, we pay a premium for sure. We like yeah. to open up our own place, but right now we like working with them, and we you know they've been instrumental in like bringing us to where we're at now. They're right. great guys, and by the way, if you ever get a chance to visit their distillery. Um, they're doing tours they do tours from like thursday through saturday and uh it's three guys they're all engineers one's like mechanical one's electrical another guy's yeah, my people does. yeah yeah they're exactly they're yeah. like you know they're they're the only difference is that they're not from you know <laughs> they're, they're not from bangalore yeah that's true um and they probably don't even know what the fuck fenny is which they probably should. They should, right? They're yeah, the they business. should. Yeah, they're in the business, but they make they make fucking bourbon and you know. Nice, gin. like this. The, it's it all sounds sound so intriguing. So yeah. you're you're working with them and definitely yeah. the tours. I'll oh. leave that too in the links. Like yeah, no, please like, I know, just let put them in know. there. And um, the most important thing about them is that they're smart. Like my buddy Justin and I, even though I've got like a biomedical background, I'm still like a dunce. My buddy, he's also a dunce. We're both dunces. These guys are three engineers. They built all their equipment by hand. Wow. Um, I mean, they make fucking miss. Well, I don't know if they make missiles, but one of the guys is like mechanical, but like they do crazy stuff. Yeah, you know? it's like basically they're, they're smart playing ro- rocket science to making liquor. Yeah, they're like rocket scientists. They're making booze and like you know everything that we suck at, they're better at. So like they've been instrumental in so helping. Kind of, yeah. So you leverage off of what they're doing. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. So now, so. You, Productions taken care of. You got the recipe. Yeah. You got the you got the process laid down. Obviously, you may want to tweak it here and there, optimize it, make it be- make it better. Yeah. So now we come. You to have like, to evolve. I mean, if you don't evolve, then you just become a dinosaur and die out. Oh uh, yeah, know? of course. Like you, and this is like a sexy product. Like what you're selling, it's a very sexy. It's a, yeah. it's a very elusive. I don't know what adjectives. I'm definitely running out of adjectives, but it's 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 got <laughs> hey, a lot sexy of mystique. Is a damn good adjective. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's got a lot of mystique on. to it, and that's what you're selling. Yeah. which is great so how do you so you said distribution is taken care of in a certain way how do you market it so like we're primarily marketing very grassroots i mean r- our marketing budgets right now is pretty thin everything we do we do ourselves we we hire our videographer friends our photography friends our editing friends whenever we do raw footage we send it to them you know we either pay them with like bottles of booze or we like you know give them cash yeah so it's um, basically this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, and we and we cross promote we say hey you know like well i we tag them they tag us you know any social media postings right now we're really big on like instagram we do a little bit of facebook but it's yeah. it's like i said we're still growing that so yeah you're growing and, and trying to figure out yeah. so what I do want to ask is like, is there a target? Like, you know, is there a target segment, target audience? You know, uh, hipsters. Hip- <laughs> and that is that is a very valid point yeah. to say. Like, fucking hipsters, dude. <laughs> so, so that is the target. People who want to do something different. Yeah, totally. It's like fucking. So our target demographic is honestly probably ages. Well, we have two demographics. Our Verit is targeted towards college age kids, twenty one to like maybe 28 who are either still like in college like going to like parties and you know wanting to like say hey guys you want to check out this cool new th- uh, thing that i got at the store it's 40 percent. we can fucking take shots of it cool or you could throw it in a white claw cool that's one of another that's yeah. another drink we like we call that the french western <laughs> a shot of our 40 percent absinthe in a white claw anyway yeah. so that's our target demographic for that product and then our other one is going to be like hipsters who really like you know uh 
you know, special, special artisanal type cocktails. They want to feel special. They want to feel super cool. They want to say that I liked absinthe before it was popular. And, uh, or like, you know, people who like travel to Europe, they went to Prague and they drank absinthe there and don't remember how anything, you know, turned out after they drank because they got too loaded and they want to drink it again. Yeah. So, okay. So that, so that makes sense. You know, like what thought comes to my mind just from like a marketing or about a segmentation point of view is Jägermeister has done such a yeah. great job yeah. of being like, it's just ubiquitous. Jägermeister is ubiquitous with the bro. Right. You know, the Jäger bomb and all of that. Yeah. And you, chicks, they, they hired young, attractive girls exactly. to be like the Jaeger girls. You know? Yeah, exactly. So you want to get people, people who like fuck with Jaeger bombs will fuck with this shit. Oh, yeah, they should. And it's like, I say. Anybody fucking with the Jaeger bomb will fuck with the French Western. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, 100%. I mean, uh, our, when we were, we were doing events, we were coupling our events with like burlesque as well as like uh, drag. So we had like the best of both worlds, right? And then we had live music, which was usually us playing. Yeah. Um, so our big launch event was back in December 7th of last year. That was awesome. It was the Sugar Spoon Vaudeville event. It had like my fiance. We had friends of Holy ours that were like, like, she does like sword swallowing and like all sorts of other crazy stuff. Holy fuck, like a nice variety yeah. act, basically. Uh, shout out to Scarlett Xander. You can find her Scarlet underscore Xander on Instagram. But she like sword, swallows swords, does nails through the nose. Uh, she'll breathe fire. Then we have like some of our local like, you know, contortionists, fire performers, other. So we like try to make it so it's fun, interactive, like, you know, kind of like, you know, sexy, engaging. And, you know, we want to make it fun. And since COVID happened, we had to cancel a couple events, which sucked. But once things start like going back to the new normal, whatever the hell that means. Uh, we want to start doing events like that. Dude, again. yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I got like a bunch of shows lined up with yeah. a bunch of events. I got guys who like run different shows and I can just start out of the Bro. top of my head and like thinking of all these different permutations, combinations where this could work well, out. We worked with comedians yeah, in yeah. the past. Actually, we hired a couple of comedians for that exact show. Yeah, let's too. not name their names because we spoke about that off air <laughs> and that was like something. <laughs> but, <laughs> But that is great. We should we should figure something out, like in a type sort of a content marketing, yeah. you know, event marketing sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. That is great, dude. Like this is all awesome. You guys have a great venture going on, a great, really good, solid product going on Thanks, here. Dude. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, and it says it's unique. You got really cool art to go with the product, and I definitely, you know. Uh, kind of love to be a almost like a connecting string between yeah, dude, this and you know, specific specific audience because this is this is super cool so i mean dude i'm so happy that you know we, we kind of you know crossed paths and yeah, had the chance dude. to do this absolutely and, man. Uh, and talk shit this is awesome yeah, let's talk shit again i, hey, I love doing that yeah no this, <laughs> this was awesome like if there's anything else that you you want to talk about, plug, yeah, I mean next time we can we can de- de- uh, designate the next show to just talking shit about the French. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. no, no. Let's let's do that too. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. In terms of yeah, uh, aussi en français parce que je parle un peu de français. Aussi. Yeah, is mais besoin beaucoup de pratiquer. <laughs> the, the French people are buco cunty, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, they're probably right now saying. Man, he just butchered my language. <laughs> I tried though. Yeah, uh, dude. Like, okay, so so we got absentmindedaz.com. You guys are absentmindedaz on Instagram, 
uh they'll find you everywhere so in terms of like a retail if somebody wants to actually just buy a bottle of this yeah go to like total wine look on our website uh and check out uh where we are located on the map make sure to call in advance because sometimes they have it on, sometimes they're they've run out of stock but uh, we're in total wine throughout arizona and we're beginning the process of like branching out of arizona yeah dude this would make some some killer cocktails man i'll tell you that yeah. this this is like this is bitters on on fucking steroids, steroids. yeah or this crack. is awesome or crack if you're hunter biden this is <laughs> awesome thank you so much ardvich everybody cheers. this is absent minded easy thank you cheers thank you for sticking around listening to the whole episode um, that was a lot of fun uh, ardvich was a blast uh, just talking about you know all kinds of historical references is always a fun time for me hope you guys enjoyed listening to it i really appreciate if if you guys could subscribe to the podcast give it leave it a rating if, if at all possible look at me not even trying to sell it i'm not trying to fucking push it i'm like ah maybe you can do it you know tell a friend i think that's that that'd be like the best thing if you could tell somebody about the podcast who you think might be interested in this and uh hit me up on 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 instagram at abra talks to people if you if you think you want to chat up about something speak to how how good or bad the episode was you know you want to hate me you want to see how my entire existence is a shame you can do that look at me again i'm i'm being really negative none of this is really negative yeah man i'm really happy you guys stuck through the full episode appreciate you guys uh Hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys have a great rest of your whatevers. Bye.